welcome to Storytelling. This week's guest is a former Armed Forces member who overcame immense physical and mental challenges to transform his life. Struggling with severe PTSD, addiction to medication and agoraphobia, he found hope and recovery through the guidance of a health coach. He was once bound to a wheelchair due to a spinal injury, but now walks, dances and does push-ups after his dedicated effort. Inspired by his journey, he pursued certifications in neuro-linguistic programming, master hypnotherapy, pain management, mindfulness, and became a forgiveness coach. As a public speaker and founder of the Wellness Warriors, he shares his story to inspire others globally, focusing on mental and physical health. Through his business, he helps business owners and management address burnout and stress. Please welcome Nicholas Barnes. Hello, Nicholas, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for uh, bringing me on. It's a pleasure to be here and I'm very grateful. Nicholas, can you tell us about your time in the army? Yeah, it was an exciting time, travelling, meeting good friends, having good friends. We were like a band of brothers, travelled the world together, had some ups and downs. We all shared that together to the end, to the end of the days. And you also met a wonderful person who was very influential in your life, your wife, who you married after three months of meeting her. That's correct. Yeah. She was such an amazing person. She was always there for me. I was always there for her. And it was a beautiful, beautiful life, beautiful marriage we had. I still miss her. <laughs> all this, my life story now, it's all dedicated to her memory. I'm dedicating her memory in my book as well. So tell us a bit more because you had a transformative experience whilst in the army. Yeah. I survived a helicopter crash. Me and my mate jumped just before it happened and I ended up paralyzed from the waist down. And basically, after my wife passed away in December 2020, 2021, is the year that I learned to walk. The doctors wouldn't waste their time on me. They said, Nicholas, you never walk again. I went here, there and everywhere to different hospitals and doctors. They all said the same thing. And so I was like, I'm going to do it anyway. So, you know, I found this guy on YouTube. I was watching his videos of how he learned to walk. He was ex-US military and they said the same thing. So he did a actually like a diary and that's how I learned to walk gain feeling in my limbs and gain the strength and yeah I, I leaped from bed to my power chair to the toilet I started off like that then it got to my being in my manual wheelchair and I was getting stronger and stronger as time went by and then eventually I got onto my crutches but within the manual chair I was getting out, so I was roaming around my flat at the time and then to the garden and then to the shop and then to town. <laughs> and I was getting stronger in my arms and that. 
and then it was the same for crutches when I got on the crutches I went around my home then to the in the garden to the local shop and then to town eventually I came off the crutches and yeah it took me another three months or so to gain my balance on my legs because I kept like sort of staggering <laughs> getting sort of like jelly legs <laughs> but I got there it took me like just about nine months to a year to properly gain everything right in my legs again, you know, my movements and my strength. During that year, I overcome severe PTSD from my service. I had some health conditions that I fully reversed. And here I am to tell the story. <laughs> so let's go back because I don't think many people realise the psychological effects of being told that you can't walk or you're not going to walk again. How did that initially make you feel? Devastated. I felt disappointed because they, they didn't believe in me. They thought I'd never walk again. And when they said that, I, they, you know, I was devastated. Uh, it played big time with my heart and my feelings. It was horrible, a horrible feeling, but I never gave up hoping and wishing something or someone could help me. So Nicholas, what was your motivation in wanting to find a solution to your devastating news? I was fully motivated because that year in 2021, after losing my wife and I started thinking about, you know, because I had carers looking after me and with losing my wife, I knew I had to change because I don't want to be in that situation anymore with people looking after me and being what I was, what I used to be. You know, I was fully active British soldier. I ran, I walked everywhere, I served. <laughs> I didn't want to be in that situation anymore of being paralysed and wanting others to look after me. I wanted to look after myself. So I got up, I got back up, and I did it. And what would you say was the hardest thing that you had to overcome during that time? The emotions I had of my trauma, learning to walk was hard. <laughs> I felt like giving up at times, you know, because trying to find that strength to move, it took a long time to even gain that first feeling back in my feet, in my legs, I just because I couldn't feel nothing. <laughs> I had no feeling from the waist down because I couldn't feel anything and I couldn't move as well. It was taking time to gain all that back. And I felt at times I wasn't getting anywhere, but I, I kept pushing, I kept pushing. And what did the doctor say to you when miraculously you started to gain movement? well done <laughs> they're surprised actually and I proved them wrong what message would you want to share with others who are trying to overcome obstacles never give up on your hopes and dreams no matter what people tell you don't believe in everything because not everyone is correct Always chase what you deserve in your life because your dreams will always come true. So you're writing your book, your story, 
Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about what we can expect when your book is ready? It's my biography about my whole life, what I've overcome to where I'm at this point of my life. It's dedicated in the memory of not just my wife, but of my friends that I lost during the war. What motivates you now? Success. We all have different versions of what success looks like. Mm. What does success look like to you? What does that vision look like? Because I've already succeeded in so much already, learning to walk, overcoming the trauma and the health conditions, being back on my legs, going to the gym every other day is like, wow, that's a huge success. But also because of what I've studied, I studied a lot of courses in such a short time. It's advanced my brain power because I'm a lot more quicker than what I ever used to be before because I think like the older I've got, I guess, the more I'm able to handle in, in my mind to study in such a short time, I can finish things a lot quicker. What are you most proud of? I'm most proud of all the courses that I've studied to become practitioner in many different therapies. During 2021, I studied neuro-linguistic programming and qualified as a practitioner. 2022, I studied understanding mental health first aid at work level two advocacy. So I became a mental health first aider. Then I studied the master practitioner NLP hypnotherapist qualified in July 2022. Then during that year also I studied to become a practitioner in pain management a mindfulness teacher. I studied to become a professional motion coach so that is about training people with their emotional intelligence. I also studied hike the pursuit of happiness, and also became a qualified insomnia practitioner as well. And all these skills, I'm able to help people much wider audience than just focusing on one sort of thing with people, because being able to help a lot more people, a more wider audience, is great. Because you know what, you know. It's like that song from Michael Jackson, Heal the World. And that's my vision. That's what I'm here to do. It's my mission. And I'm very proud of myself for who I am and what I'm doing in my career. Because it's not just about my career, but it's about my life. I'm dedicated. Because people need healing. And I have things I'm setting up for the future, not just for civilians but also for military veterans because um, me and some friends are planning on starting up our own retreat for veterans which should be ideal and they would never be discharged because a lot of services tend to discharge us and it's wrong it's very wrong to be binned we just feel binned burnt out just betrayed by a lot of things in civil street nhs combat stress even some of the charities the armed forces charities uh, they say if you've been out too long they won't help you can't help you anymore mm. and it's wrong and we will never do that 
we would never discharge them. When they're ready to leave us, knowing that they don't need us anymore, then it's up to them, but we don't discharge them. I don't think people realise what it means to be discharged from the army. What is it and what does it mean for that individual? So in my time, when I, a lot of us during those years, when we leave the armed forces, if it's to do with medical, they give us a medical discharge with a certificate and paperwork telling us, thank you for your service and we cannot help you anymore because of your injuries, it's so severe. We are now discharging you from the armed forces and when we leave, nothing set up. We have to do everything ourselves. And it, that hurts, you know, because they just we just feel like we were binned. We were just left out there to dry. So we had to contact all these services like NHS, Combat Stress, Armed Forces Charities, RBL, or British Legion, SAFA, and other Armed Forces Charities. There are others that have been discharged because their service is up, like the minimum is three and a half years. When that happens, then that's up to them if they want to renew it, or when they get discharged, they get the same certificate saying, thank you for your service, exemplary, and bye-bye. You get your travel warrant to get back home if needed. Otherwise, yeah, you're on your own. But there are programs now being set up for military personnel leaving. It's like to go through the transition of adapting to civil history, I guess. But for many of us, it's it's not that easy to adapt, really. A lot of military, when they come out, a lot of them want to go back in. If they can't go back in, a lot of them go to other countries and fight, like Ukraine and that. Just like mercenary sort of type of work. Mm. It's because they can't cope. A lot of us come out mentally unwell, but more mentally unwell than when we were in. And there's a lot of veterans that have committed suicide, sadly. And it's sad because no one helps them. And also I've noticed that a lot of military personnel are being wrongly diagnosed. Because PTSD symptoms is similar to schizophrenia. And when I was working in partnership with NHS, a lot of them are being diagnosed with schizophrenia, not PTSD. So when I assessed them, those patients, and asked them all the relevant questions as what I experienced with PTSD, they explained it. And I went up to the psychiatrist and said, look, these veterans don't have schizophrenia, they got PTSD. And then I got them diagnosed with PTSD and now they're on the right meds. It sounds like that the main thing that is missed is this camaraderie mm. with each other. And then as soon as you're discharged, then that isn't there. And mm. that is something that's quite difficult to cope with. Yeah. And thank you as well for the amazing work you've done with the NHS in terms thank of you. helping them to ensure that veterans are diagnosed correctly and prescribed mm. the right medication. I'm proud. I'm proud of what I've become to be able to gain all this knowledge, to be able to 
help people. And I'm helping people again, but in a different type of way this time, in a peaceful way. Because in my past as a soldier, that wasn't peaceful, <laughs> to be honest. It wasn't a peaceful life, but it's another way of serving again. And that's what I'm proud of, is to be back in the world again, serving, to be a service to people. Nicholas, I think you have been extraordinarily brave in sharing your story. And I'm extraordinarily proud to have you as a guest, to listen to your story from someone who was told they couldn't walk and you're walking now and for the amazing things that you're doing. And thank you very much for being a guest on this podcast. Thank you very much, Debbie. I've really, really enjoyed myself to be on your show and I'm very grateful as well, you know, and it's nice to be able to talk about it, you know, and I feel honoured. I really do. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you. If you would like further information about Nicholas, then please follow the links in the show notes. Mm-hmm.